I, Roz Drezfelez. Hey, I was just looking through the Facebook group, Ghosted, by Roz Drezfelez, and I found this story that was written by Elizabeth, who writes, Okay, I'm ready to tell my paranormal experience. I grew up in L.A., Now I live in the Midwest. Back in 1993-94, my paternal grandfather was entombed in the basement level of one of the many mausoleums at Inglewood Cemetery. P.S. I decided that the shower studio that I'm recording in right now is called my mausoleum. Okay, anyway, back to the story. Every two weeks or so, My parents would put fresh flowers in the vase, or vase if you're fancy, attached to the plaque. It was so creepy down there. They had a lobby for urns and an elevator to go down the lower level. My mom is a very religious Catholic woman. She would say her prayers and recite the whole rosary every time she went. Me, being a curious 10-year-old, I would wander around reading the names and looking at the trinkets and some pictures uh, people would leave behind. As I was walking down one of the hallways, I noticed a man in a suit walking kind of in a brisk way. I noticed he was swaying his arms back and forth, which I found kind of odd. I found it really odd that, to my knowledge, there was no one down there. We never saw anyone when, I, when we visited. Me, being a curious and a naive kid, I followed the man, made a right turn where he was walking, and it was a dead end. A freaking wall was there. No way he could have turned around and walked back. Only if he walked through the wall. Talk about dead end. That is true. I was confused, then I got scared and ran back to my parents. I never went back after that. Ooh, Elizabeth, that is creepy. A ghost walking brisk with their arms going back and forth. Terrifying. (sighs) Guys, I'm so excited about the conversation that I have on today's episode. I'm joined by Harvey Guillen, who you may know as Guillermo on What We Do in the Shadows, which is a show that is on FX. It's had two seasons, and I love the show so much. It's based on the movie What We Do in the Shadows, sort of. You know, it's it's new characters, but uh, I would love... If you've never seen the movie What We Do in the Shadows, you should totally check it out because I love it so much. It's, it's funny. It's very mockumentary style, and it's about vampires that live in a house together as roommates, and it's hilarious. So... I, you know, I don't know Harvey. I have never met him, but we have some mutual friends and I thought I would, you know, just hit him up. And I was so honored that he got back to me and I think we had a really good time and hopefully we'll become great friends once we're all allowed to, to go out and make friends. (laughs) So without further ado, 
Harvey Guillen, on with the show. Hello, Harvey. How are you? Hi, Ross. <laughs> I'm Thank good. you How so much you? for doing this. Congratulations on the Emmy. Oh, that whole thing. Um, thank you. I'm super excited. Um, we, we're in really great, uh, you know, company. Like, there was a, it's a great year for comedy. And um, I was actually surprised because, I, honestly, there was such, you know, stiff competition. And when they announced it, uh, I was kind of like, whoa! Like, I jumped out of my seat. I was like, whoa! It was weird to see the name of the show on the screen when Leslie was announcing them. And she kind of went, I feel like she was done already because she announced Marvelous Maisel and that one last year. So we're like, oh, they always finish with the winner from last year because they're going to get another mm. again. And I think I called it quits. I was like, oh, well, that's it. And then she quickly said, oh, and what we do in the shadows? And I was like, what? And I was like, huzzah. <laughs> well, seeing a spooky, like a spooky comedy show getting nominated for an Emmy. Unheard of. Insane. Unheard of. Insane. And also, uh, as a proud Latinx queer person that dreams of being a vampire, I feel very seen by your presence on television. And thank you for being you. Aw, you know what? That's so, like, that's really sweet. And I had no idea the the importance of that demographic, you know, because there isn't a lot of representation when it comes to, like, uh, queer, um, you know, uh, Latinx in the world of goth and darkness and creepiness and all of that, which makes no sense because um, 50% of the buying, you know, power for anything that's creepy and scary and thriller movies is uh, Latin people. <laughs> we love that stuff. We love it. We live for it. We live for a good Yorona or, like, a good, you know, like a good thriller. Yes. <laughs> Did no? Did you so? Did you grow up pretty, uh, you know, believing in that kind of stuff? Yeah, I feel like you know. There's always like I grew up with like superstitions, like and uh, and traditions. Just uh, they were kind of a lot of them loosely based off religious beliefs. You know, I grew up Catholic, so there were certain things that you did. Like if you drove by a church, you you know you um, you crossed yourself with like you know uh, la bendición. When you when you get on the freeway, you do the same. You do like a crucifix on your body, like you uh, things like that. Where I never understood it because I was like little and I was like, what are we doing? Every time we get on the freeway, we get on the freeway. You have to do it to yourself, and your mom does it to you, which is like a blessing. And I always thought, wow, that's so cool. But then I noticed that none of my friends did it when they were in their car going eighty five <laughs> miles an hour in their new you know car that their daddy bought them. And I was like, wow, you're going really fast there, Shelly. And they're like, <laughs> and I was like, gee, that's really fast. And you didn't even give the bendición to yourself. <laughs> she was like, you gotta do two. What's that? And I was like, slow down, Shelly. Um, so yeah. Do you find that? Because I grew up Catholic too, and I feel that because of that, it. I think that that religion. Uh, how do I say this? It. It's got it's got its supernatural tones to it yeah. for sure. I mean, it's very. I believe it's very at times like kind of horror. Like there's a, there's a couple of things that are real spooky that happen yeah. uh, in the Catholic Church, and I think that it it causes you to just naturally believe it if you're raised that way. I totally Do you feel agree. that? I totally agree. I feel like there, it's a thin line, isn't it? It's like a thin line between I'm religious and Catholic and I believe in supernatural powers and there's definitely witches and warlocks and that. Like, it's a really thin line because if you believe one, you can easily believe the other, which is, when by saying that, I mean like if you believe uh, there's a higher, you know, God and like 
which I always consider myself to be uh, not religious, but spiritual, which is like yeah. something that I, cause I grew up Catholic, but I don't practice, you know, still. And I'm just like, but I still feel spiritual, which is weird because I was raised Catholic, but I was just like, I do believe that there is a greater, you know what I mean? And they're um, uh, divine and whatnot. And, but it's weird to grow up Catholic and think that, yeah, it, it goes hand in hand. If you believe in this, you believe in the other. And it, uh, and then sometimes inter- intertwine, which can be scary, which kind of, uh, I feel like has happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> Ooh, let's hear it. Okay. So what is the first paranormal thing that has happened to you? The first thing that ever happened that was paranormal to me was I was living with, uh, well, we were living with my aunt and we were in Santa Ana and I was about four or five and I was in my room and we're just living there temporarily. I don't remember why. I think we just moved in for like the summer because we we're going to move to a different apartment or times were hard. Like we were, uh, I was poor. So I, I, I probably would have just been told that. And I was like, we're moving apartments in a month, but we just needed to move somewhere for the time being. Um, and I was living there and I just, the room that I was staying in always had this cold, like weird, um, like I'm just sensitive to energy and I've always been that way. Like when I meet people, I, if I meet you right away, I can just sense if I'm going to like you or not, or if I can sense that you're a good person, which is weird. Cause you can't make that, you can't judge a book by its energy, but you can, um, and I will, um, <laughs> slow down, Shelly, Shelly, Shelly. <laughs> um, and I just remember that. In that room, I just always felt that it was this cold, like even though it was summertime, it, I, I needed a blanket and I was just like really cold in there. And I was like, what, the AC's not even on. We can't afford AC. Like it's like keep the windows cool, you know? Uh, oh, that's why ghosts are the best for the summertime. Ghosts are my best friends during the summer. They help me not sweat through my clothes. Um, <laughs> so I was just laying in bed one day and the lights were on. So, cause I'm a scaredy cat and like the little nightlight, you know, but it glares up. You can see it reflecting up to where you're looking up into the ceiling. Um, and so I was looking up at the ceiling and you can see the light. And then in the corner of the room, something started moving. And I just thought, that's weird. What is that? Like a shadow or something? And it was a shadow. But then the shadow started crawling towards <gasps> the center of the room. And it had claws and it had two horns and it climbed... Wow like it was climbing backwards, but I could visually just, I could still see it today. It climbed all the way to the center of the room, right where my bed was right on top of me. And it just moved its head from left to right and right to left and kept looking at me, but I couldn't see its face. It was a shadow. It was all a silhouette. I could see it. I could see that it had a tail and I see that it had claws and I saw that it had horns and I was like, that's that's the motherfucking devil. The devil's in my room. The devil went down to Harvey's room and was looking for a soul to steal. And I, to this day, I was like, I, I remember freezing. Like I just froze. And I was just like, I looked at it and it just, it was moving. And then I remember just, I, I passed out. <laughs> I just remember I, yeah. I was so traumatized. I literally remember my eyes rolling back to my like sockets and I came to and it was morning. I have goosebumps right now. Wait. Yeah. Oh, was this like a sleep paralysis kind of a thing? Did you I feel like know, you were? I don't know. I don't think I have paralysis because I none of my like past like partners um, or lovers have told me, hey, you have to run. Um, but 
I don't think it was that. And then to this day, I don't know if it was just my imagination playing tricks on me. And then I just fell asleep to the idea of that because I just remember the fear. I just, I still, when I think about it, I remember the fear that I had looking at it crawling. Like it was crawling, you know, upside down, backwards. I couldn't tell what was front, what was back because it was a shadow. And so I was like, wait, is that on the outside of the house? How could it be in the outside of the house if it's a shadow and it's inside, but the shadow is being reflected? Like it didn't make sense. It just, it don't make no sense. And I didn't have time to put those pieces together. I just passed out. Um, and I remember, you know, when I woke up in the morning, I convinced myself like, oh, that was, a, that was like a dream, right? And then I convinced myself over the years, like, and then looking back, I was like, that wasn't a dream because I remember such detail. You know, when you wake up from a dream, you're like, well, you wake up in the moment. Usually it's the other way around. When you have a nightmare, you wake up, you wake up from the nightmare. But this way, it was opposite. I fell, if I fell asleep, I fell asleep to a horrible <laughs> visual and then just slept like a baby through the night. And then the next morning I woke up. Now, looking back, I was like, that is so weird and fucked up because I, I just remember the fear. It was so scary that I, I passed out. I literally just rolled my eyes. I passed out and I came to the next morning and it was like nothing. And I, I remember I did not want to sleep in that room again. I did not. I was like, I don't want to sleep here. And they're like, well, that's the room. I don't want to sleep here. And I was like, well, it's either that or the living room. I was like, that's okay. And I slept in the living room. We were only there for like another maybe four days or something, but I didn't want to go back in that room. And I just remember it was like, it was, it, it traumatized me. I was so sensitive to that. But also after that, I was just like, is it my fault? Because I'm so sensitive to energy. Like I welcomed it, you know, like, did I welcome that energy? Because it's like, it can see me, you know, I, which I imagine his voice or its voice. I shouldn't put a gender to it, but like its voice sounds like that, you know? <laughs> right. Well, did you bring it up to your aunt or anybody? I was too scared. I was too scared to bring it yeah. up because also I want to be a rude guest and say, hey, your house is fucking haunted. <laughs> yeah. You know that demon in your room? It was kind of a little disturbing yeah. me last mm, night. These are great tamales. By the way, your fucking room's haunted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want to be back demon. And I'm also like, I'm six and there's this weird, like, you know, and maybe, I don't know if this is true, but like, I, at least with like, you know, Latinx culture, like it's like you, when you're a guest at someone's house, even if you don't like the food or you don't like the, the accommodations, you do not complain. Mm. Is that normal? Just, do you think that's like, just let the demon crawl on yeah. you. <laughs> I don't want to be rude. Well, well, do you feel like that's the same? Do you feel like that? Like growing up, do you like, if you went to your aunt's house or your cousins were visiting, like you gave up your bed. Like if your aunts and stuff are visiting the house, you gave up your room. And it was like, uh, it was like the thing, like you give up your room, you sleep in the room, you have to be a good host. And that's what they were doing basically, you know, so right, you never right. complain, like you never complain about like, oh, I don't eat pork. And it's like, you do today, you, eat that, you <laughs> know, and it's like, you do, you don't complain about the food. You don't, it's like rude. I remember my mom, like you, and you learned that lesson really quickly. Like I remember we were somewhere and I didn't want to eat something that I didn't like. I didn't like tomatoes when I was little. And, it, and then like, they made this like, Biste and cebollado, like it's like a like a beef, you know, stew, and it had tomato and whatnot in it. And I just remember, like, I was just like, I don't want to eat this. And I said it like kind of loud, and my mom gave me the look of the look. And I don't, I'll never forget that because never did I make that mistake again? After she <laughs> that look, I never seen that face on my mom. And I was like, mom, what's wrong? Are you going to kill some? Oh my God, that's someone who's me, you know? And yeah. I never made that mistake again. And so I didn't complain about it. And so, and after that, I had like similar incidents that would happen again. Like, you know, um, I, I lost my uh, biological father when I was one. 
uh, and uh, I never got to meet him. So like, I never really saw like, you know, pictures and whatnot. Like there's a story too. Like my mom thought that he abandoned us. And so basically got rid of all his pictures because they eloped together to Santa Ana and for Mexico. And they're like, who cares? We're going to live our lives and we're young and blah, blah. And she got pregnant with me and then gave birth to me. And then like a year into, after I was born, my dad uh, was like, okay, I want to go back. And my brother asked me to be godfather and, uh, you know, in his daughter's baptism. And it's like, oh, okay. He's like, so I'm going to go do that and then come back and yada, yada. So then he leaves. So he went back to Mexico. He went back to Mexico, yeah. And he leaves and he never comes back. Like no phone call, no nothing. And my mom is a single, like a single mom with a baby living on her own, Santa Ana. So she's also like, you know, the toughest woman ever. So she's like, fuck that guy, you know? And she's like, and she gets rid of all his pictures and gets rid of all his stuff. And then like another year and a half goes by and she gets a phone call. And the phone calls like, hi, is this Maria? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, hey, I just thought it was sad that you don't know that your your husband's dead. <gasps> and she was like, okay. And she's like, yeah. And so like, so he when he went to the baptism, um, there was some kind of altercation and he was shot. Oh, wow. And killed. And she didn't know that. And so she got rid of all his pictures thinking that he abandoned us and he had every intent to come back. Like he was planning to come oh. back. His bags were like packed and everything. And he just went to the baptism. And that day of the baptism, right outside the baptism, this incident happened. And he was in the crossfire oh and got shot. And no one bothered to tell my mom because he had eloped with her. So that side of the family didn't think that it like you know well she's the one the reason that he left that way anyway so like they didn't even bother to call and my mom Damn. felt terrible that she got rid of his pictures and all that so i never grew up watching any kind of visual of him so cut to like when i'm like seven years old and we're living in Asperia. in the middle of the night i wake up and my door is like right or my best right in front of the doorway um to the hallway and the hallway lights always on my mom leaves it. again i'm a very i'm a scaredy cat <laughs> growing up and so my mom always leaves it on and I'm, I'm sleeping and i can always i mean like i must be a really light sleeper because i can sense if there's a noise if there's a movement if the light turns off i can just sense it like i just know that it happens and for some reason i felt like the light went off I just felt it. Like, I don't know why I was, I was not deep in the REM. I was just falling to sleep and I just felt that the light turned off. I can, I could almost hear the click, like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I felt it and I went and I got up to that, you know, like I jumped up in my bed and I looked up and the light was, was not off. It was on, but there was a man silhouette in front of it. Like the light was behind them and it was making a silhouette. So all I could see was a man at the edge of my bed in the silhouette and I was like oh my god like I was like we're being robbed like we're being robbed like I was like this is a robber he's gonna kill me like I was like and this is just little me thinking like I was like oh my god my mom's on the other side because he's in between me and my mom's room and I was just like oh no I can't even run to like all these things are going and I'm just looking and trying to see if I can find a, a description just in case I have to like, describe this man and I can't find a description this man has no face again there's like no face on the sand, but he has, but this, this time around, it's a human. It's not like a, a horns and, and, a, and hooves and like claws and all that. It is, it is a human. I can see the silhouette of a man's like body standing at the edge of my bed. And I'm so freaked out. I go under my covers and I think. Now, is he like blocking the light blocking or is the light, light shining through? I can't through. even see what he looks like. I'm like, I can't even see Got it. it. And I'm just like, what is happening? And like, I go under the covers 
Um, and then I wait like two seconds and then I come out and he's gone. Like the man is gone. And I was like, oh, he's probably robbing the house. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I get out of bed. I go to my mom's room. I open the door. He's not there. I get scared. So I'm like, we should call the police. And I run to the living room and I like, nothing's taken. Nothing's changed. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that wasn't a robber. Oh wait. That, oh my God. I was like, that was, and then for the longest time, I thought, was that my dad visiting me? <laughs> I really thought maybe dad came to visit because I thought it was a robber because I never had seen like the silhouette in my life before. So to this day, I'm like, I think dad came to visit and that was like his spirit. Oh, well, that's sweet. So you never saw anything like that again in that house? No. So we moved a lot when I was little, we moved Mm -hmm. so much. I would say I like moved every other year because, uh, when my mom remarried, when she, when I was six, uh, my dad's construction company moved all over. Like they worked everywhere. So like it was wherever they needed to build something. That's where all the, you know, workers would go. Um, so we moved all over Southern California. We moved to Las Vegas in Las Vegas. We lived for a year and I hated Las Vegas because it was during the time when um, I couldn't do anything that was fun. You know what I mean? I was right. like, at that point, I think I was 12. And you couldn't go to the casinos if your parent wasn't next to you. You could go to Circus Circus, but they had like the little kid area. But you, after you do that once, you've, you've seen one clown, you've seen them all, you know? That <laughs> <laughs> story of my life. And so like, I, I just hated living there when I was that age. And it was the desert. So you couldn't, I was so used to LA and being active that like being in, in Las Vegas, you can't even go outside. You get a heat stroke, you know, like it's just... It was so bad. And then, but when we moved back to LA, that was, uh, when we lived in Asperia is when I saw the silhouette and that was when I saw the man silhouette, you know? Um, and that was when I was around, probably seven or eight. And then after that, I just like have been really sensitive to energy. And it's just, when I meet people, like, and like, again, like I was always like, you have really good energy. Like when people are saying that, sometimes they're like, oh, they're just BSing, you know? But when I meet yeah. people, I, I automatically think that like, I'm like, they have good energy. Or even if I give the benefit of the doubt, I'm like, something's off about this energy. And then like later on, it's like, oh, got it. They're a killer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you sense that when there's no one there? Like, yeah, do you go so places? I do, you know, I do wait a minute. That. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, in, in a weird way and like, I guess, I don't know if it can be called like being an empath or something, but like, I guess uh, energy is also drawn to energy. You know what I mean? So like uh, for me, like I just, I know that there's energy out there. I know that we're, you know, our bodies are just tangible and we're here for a limited time, but where does this energy go? You know, like where do we go um, after this body expires? You know, there's still so mm-hmm. much like energy in us and, do we just evaporate or do we linger? Do we like uh, hold on to things? Do we have unfinished business? Like, I really love that we are energy. We all can agree that everyone has a different type of energy and either you die and you're a grumpy old, you know, guy or you die happy. And you know, it's like your energy goes or it stays, but it stays the way that you, you want it to stay, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So I was living in this apartment um, like, was it? Yeah. Eight years ago. And, um, it was, uh, an old, uh, apartment. It was built in the twenties, uh, in Los Angeles on Wilshire. And, um, it used to be a hotel. It was built in the twenties and it was, uh, in the area where like, you know, Clara Bow used to hang out near the Westlake theater, like this area, the, the Plaza hotel is right next to it. Um, so it was the place to be in the 1920s, you know, and even up to the 1950s, like down the street, uh, the, 
you know, um, Elizabeth Taylor used to hang out at the bars and stuff like down there on Wilshire. So it has all this old history to it and it's old vibe. And so when I looked at the, at the apartment, I really fell in love with the art deco and I was like, this is so cool. And now it's into made into studios and apartment, one bedrooms and two bedrooms, whatever. And I walked in and I walked the apartment and I, I remember walking in and I was like, I like it. You know, it feels, it feels good, but there's definitely like energy in the building. Like there's definitely stories here in this building. Right. And totally. just remember that um, my sister hated visiting me. And my sister's also really sensitive to energy, even more so than I, because after a while you get jaded and you just like push that side of you. Like, ah, I don't want to focus on that. You know, like I want to focus on you know, what I'm doing. But she's really much like sensitive to energy and she didn't like it. She wouldn't tell me why. And I was like, why don't you like coming up? I was like, so I don't like your apartment. I don't like being in your apartment by myself. Because sometimes I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to be home, but go ahead and go inside. And like, you know, here she has a, a set of keys to my apartment. And she didn't want to do it. She never wanted to come to my apartment if she wasn't with me or with someone else. And I was like, why? She goes like, I'm, I don't want to scare you, but your apartment is, is creepy as fuck. And I was like, why? <laughs> and I was like, how dare you tell me the truth to my face? At least have the distancy to say it behind my back. Right. And I was just like, why? What are you talking about? And she goes, and this is what creeped me out because she goes, I don't like it. She goes, every time I go, um, it's like your creepy neighbor uh, with that hat is always like, you know, just hanging out. And I was like, what are you fucking talking about? It's like your neighbor across the hall. And I was like, babe, no one lives across the hall. What creepy? What? 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 So she was just seeing somebody with a hat, just she was watching, hanging out, she was watching like one of the original tenants. Like I asked, like I asked the landlord, I was like, um, "Who lives in?" I was like, "No one's lived in the apartment like for at least a year and a half." And I was like, "And who lived there before?" It was like, "Oh, it was this old gentleman. He's been here for years." And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Oh god!" And it was like, "Yeah." And so my sister saw him at least three times, and she she said she saw him like in full form. So she thought it was a person. And I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, I don't like it because your creepy neighbor across the hall is always there when I walk. And I was like, there's no one across the hall. And he's like, she was like, yes, there is. There's a guy across the hall. And I was like, no, there isn't. And she's like, I always see. And then I had to like prove it to her. And that even freaked her out more. And she was like, that's it. No, no, ma'am. She was like, oh, God. see this guy with the long trench coat and a 1940s hat walking down the hall. On the week. A trench coat is never good news. Yeah. Either you're a 1940s ghost or a flasher. Yeah, and I was like, and that's probably why she probably took it more as like a, I don't know, that guy's probably some creep as a flasher, you know? But in reality, yeah. it was probably some guy, you know, the 40, <laughs> he was young in the 40s and then he went back to that state in his uh, youth. Um, but like he, she saw him several times, which is weird because then I think, so is that guy just hanging out in the hall, but I don't see him because I'm not like completely committed to seen him or is she so sensitive that she picked it up right away but she saw him every time and when i told her that story she definitely never came back but also the building had a lot of bad energy too i could feel that you know you'd walk some pocket of the because mm-hmm. uh, i just like to walk around my building because i'm crazy and you walk around the building and there's some corners and pockets that you're like oh like i was like something happened you know something happened here i'm really sensitive to that mm-hmm. and then i had a really bad experience there one time um which eventually maybe moved from that floor because uh, I was walking to the elevator and I just saw this uh, young guy who used to come, his dad was divorced and his dad lived in the building and he had a corner apartment and I would always see him together when he came to visit his dad for the weekend or something because he lived with his mom. And I saw um, the elevator open and I was going to go because I was running late and I had to get in my car and I had to go to meet a friend for dinner. And I, the parking lot for the, the apartments is right next door. 
And so I was running to the elevator, the elevator opened and I saw the young, um, the young guy come out and I was like, Oh, hi. And he looked very melancholic. He looked very kind of like out of it, a little sad, I can sense, but uh, you know, you don't want to start a conversation if you don't willing to finish it. So I was like, Hey, how you doing? And he was just like quiet. He didn't even, he like said something under his breath, like, mm-hmm. like you're not even like trying to have a conversation. And I was like, okay, well, bye, you know? And like, <laughs> yeah. I just pressed uh, to go down and he just went, you know, I, I never saw him alone though. Cause I was talking with his dad, which was really weird because I always saw him together. They were coming from getting dinner cause they, there was a weekend and they always hang out together. And then I got down to the first floor and then I walked by the mill and like his dad was there. He's getting the mail. So I said, Oh, there he is. Oh, that makes sense. And then I went to get my car, got in the car. I pull out of the driveway out of the car and I'm turning left on the street. And then I just, you know, drive. And then I get to the light right in the corner where the building is. And I stop at the red light. And then I just hear, and I'm just like, oh, that's weird. And then people are honking behind me. I was like, what are they honking at? I was like, whatever. I was like, and I just drive away because I have to go dinner. Hours later go by, I went to dinner. I came back and my whole street's roped off. And I come back and I was like, what's going on? They won't let me in. The police are like, you can't come in. And I was like, why? And I was like, I live right there. And he's like, oh, well, you have to go through here and blah, blah. So I have to go around the block and turn on the other side. And I asked the guys, because in my building, because the way that it works, the building, they, they don't have parking for the tenants. So they hire like a, a parking service, like a valet service. And you have to pay extra just because otherwise no one would live in that building. Um, and mm-hmm. so they park your car for you. And so I pull up to the guys and I was like, hey, what happened? And he's like, oh yeah, that, um, that, that, the dad guy, you know, the dad lives on your floor. He's like, yeah, he's like, his son jumped off the building. <gasps> so you saw him right before? Yeah. Oh my God. It was in the, he was, he had a mission. Like I literally went on the elevator and I was like, that's where he's not with his dad. And he never, he just went straight to the room. And when I got in the car and that honking, he f- had fallen on the street right behind my car. Oh my God. That is crazy. And I, and I, and people were honking and they stopped in mid and I was like, what are they honking at? Because I felt it. I felt like a, you know, and I was like, what the hell? I was like, what was that? I was like, but it's also like a busy street. So I was like, somebody must have hit something, a car down the street, whatever. And then I just, I was such in a rush mode that I didn't even bother. And it was like, but then I thought, oh my God, if I was running 20 seconds later, that would have fallen right on my car. That, oh my God, falling on my car because it happened like 20 feet behind my car. Wow, that is crazy. Is that I'm like, I wasn't sure where the story was going. Um, but I'm saying that, that building, you know what I mean? Like sometimes the building just itself is like bad energy or like it has energy that either, because guess like I know how to deal with like energies like that because I'm like, okay, I'm sensitive to it. But imagine if you have to deal with energies and you're not comfortable with it. You know what I mean? Like maybe was that a factor? Maybe not. Maybe was it a factor that, you know, this young guy was just depressed and, you know, and then the worst part was that when I parked my car, I bumped into his dad again. Oh my God. And he just came up to me and cried in my hands and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, cause you know, you know, your neighbor, but you don't really know them. You know, like you're not like having dinner every night or whatnot. Like you say hello and like, yeah. Cordial, but like, he just came up to me and cried in my hands. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Because everyone knew by that point, everyone knew that it was his son that had jumped off and I had just seen him at the mailbox when I had just seen his son exit the elevator. Oh my God. I mean, that's the thing with these 
with buildings in Hollywood, especially, I mean, they have so many stories and so many, so much energy just around them. I mean, just imagine the decades and decades of who knows what happened. Yeah. And I mean, the city runs, unfortunately, like on broken dreams, you know what I mean? Like so many people come into the city to make their dreams come true. And unfortunately that doesn't happen, you know, all the time and Mm -hmm. everyone. And so what happens to those dreams, you know, like, that's where that's where the unfinished business side comes into Hollywood, I think, yeah. with ghosts. Yeah, it's just like it's crazy, but you're you're absolutely right. This whole city, I'm I'm surprised we don't have more like haunted tours of Los Angeles because you go to other cities. Like another thing that was really creepy. I, like again, I love I love the whole you know haunted idea because I do believe in it. And like the creepiest place I've ever been in my life, aside from those stories, and even those don't take the cake. The creepiest place I've ever been is Savannah, Georgia. Oh, yeah. Because Savannah, Georgia is voted the most haunted city in America and with good reason. Like, you you step off onto any street in Savannah and you just feel this heavy heaviness. And then you're like, ooh, what is that? And it's like, because the whole city is built on, like, grave sites, and like it's uh, basically Savannah was one of the first, and I could be totally wrong, but this is the information that I was given by the tour guides there and the local historians. But it was one of the first, um, you know, um, spots where you could uh, stop if you were doing an over uh, Atlantic trip. You know, like if you were coming from the south, like going to Louisiana, Savannah was like a port that you stopped. And if you're going to New York, you would stop in Savannah. Savannah was like one of the places that you could stop and unfortunately dump your dead. Like if someone died on the boat on the way over from whether it be Europe or, you know, Africa or whatever, like it would literally stop there and dump their bodies and they just cover it with dirt. Next ship, dump their bodies, cover it with dirt. Next ship. And so the city is built on just thousands and thousands of souls and like it's creepy in that way and if you read if you've read the book or watched the movie uh midnight in the garden of good and evil uh all those places and characters in that book are still well maybe not all the characters but the places are very much there and that place has tons of energy and their tours are amazing because there's not one house in that city that doesn't have a story like some kind of horrible tragedy happened there's one where like this little girl um, was the daughter of the senator or something, and he she was being you know disobeying him or something. It was summertime, and so to teach her a lesson, he like beat her and tied her down to a chair and put her in the living room in the window, facing the setting sun. So it'd be like you're gonna stay right here till dinner and yada yada. Well, it was so hot and he had beating her so much that the poor little girl died and no charges were filed against this person because he was <laughs> like an official, you know? And, and so to this day, people swear they see the little girl. And I kid you not during the tour, like I just looked up at a window at one of the houses and there was a short bobbed haircut little girl looking out the window. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So are you somebody that goes on, you like to do like ghost tours and if you have the opportunity. I don't do them all the time, but if I get the chance, especially when I was in Savannah, that was like a must. Um, and I was just like, well, I'm here and I have to do it. And it's the most haunted city. And it's voted the most haunted city in America. And it's like, I said, I felt it. Like I was like, yeah, I have to do it. I have to do it here because it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was a ghost tour. It felt like it was a history walkthrough of the city and the history itself was haunting. Like it was like not even trying to be scary. It was like in 1640 and it was like, Oh my God, you know, and it's like, that sounds terrifying. 
Um, and because well, of, and that's the thing with LA is that we're so young compared to, you know, we're like, babies. like we're total babies. That's what people always like. Yeah. They're just total, total, like in comparison, we're like the little, the baby brother or sister to the rest of the nation. We're so, but new. dense, like when it comes to stories and I mean, obviously so many, so many people shoved into this part of the country, but just so many uh, ups and downs and and juicy stories in Hollywood over the years that could certainly lend their hand to to people becoming ghosts at some point. Oh yeah, like I feel yeah, just because of again the energy and history of the last you know century, just because Tinseltown, you know, and it's like come make your yeah. come true, and it's like because how many people do even to this day? Like we don't even have to go hundred years. You can make a story off the last decade. How many people move into Los Angeles? every day like we we don't have enough space you know like it's like literally every day we just have bus loads and plane loads of people models actors dancers you know uh, musicians writers you name it there's just different forms of um artists who come to the city to try to break it in you know break into the business or make it big and that's a lot of people that's the you know and so many die trying so many die trying and it's like and it's like the classic like you know what's the story i forgot the actress's name who um jumped off the hollywood sign you know oh peg Enthwistle. yeah yes and the fact that like you know because of the time and like the way that people communicated there was a telegram waiting for her at home that she had just been cast in the show and she yes. didn't get the telegram because she had called it quits and headed, you know, over to the Hollywood sign. I was like, that shit would never happen now. You get a text and be like, oh, you booked it, you know? Yes. <laughs> and now, and so you'd like to think that like, because of technology, people's lives are being saved, literally. <laughs> like people are at their, you know, uh, last resort and like ends wits and like whatever. But like, it's just a text and a message that, that could turn things around, you know? But especially when you think about um, like hotels or apartments, there's, you know, there's so many of those buildings in Hollywood that have like a hundred units in them. And just think of all the things that have happened in those. I mean, even like I had an experience at the Hollywood Tower on Franklin, Mm. and that's a place that's pretty well known as being haunted. And just like, you know, decade after decade of, um, of just the Hollywoodness of Hollywood happened in that building. And uh, another place I always think of is the Cecil Hotel downtown. Do you know mm-hmm. that place? Yeah. That's one, well, that, that's one where dark stuff has happened decade after decade. Yeah. It's just like, a lo- I mean, where, again, the question is, where does this energy go? You know, you can't capture it. You can't say, you know, move along unless you are trying to do that, you know, uh, it's just and it's just roaming energy and like it's just around us. But it, it makes it a little bit creepier when you add the element of a tragic story. You know, like when you add the Hollywood uh, story or like everyone has a story in a hotel. You know, one of my uh, favorite shows actually, and that I got to be a part of uh, episode coming up soon, uh, is Room 104 on HBO because it's a different story cool. every week in the same room of a hotel. Mm-hmm. And it's so brilliant because it, I don't know, like every time I go into a hotel, especially if it's an older hotel, I was like, how many people have gone through these walls? Like, you know, like. That creeps me out. I do that so much. As soon as I get in the room, that's always when it occurs to me, oh, this place 
could be haunted. Yeah. Specifically this room. And then I Google and luckily I've never found, but I'm waiting for the day where I Google and it says in room 106, right where you are, somebody yeah. died. No. no, no, man. I, 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 as much as I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. Like I, I rather not, I rather be, but then what are the odds that you'll find like a room that hasn't had some kind of energy, you know, like it's like the numbers are not in our favor. Like there's just so many people, so many people staying in hotels, accidents happen, whether, you know, uh, it was on. When it might not even be death, you know, as many people believe, and I, I believe this, that people can have a fight. Yeah. The or, energy you know, lingers. Yes. Yeah, I totally believe that. That's why sometimes you walk in, you're like, oh, it doesn't have a good, it doesn't mean someone died there. It just means that like, uh, someone got divorced here, you know, <laughs> like, or somebody, <laughs> you know, was dealing with a, a loss of a, a loss of a parent or someone lost a child, you know, like it's ener- different kinds of energy, but that energy is heavy and it lingers. And I feel like it doesn't have to always be death. It could be something really tragic, or it could, you know, and it could just, uh, uh, it really kind of, uh, you can absorb it, you know, or osmosis, you know, and you're just like yeah. trying to not, but it's hard. It's like energy does change everything. You can, when you, you know, like when you're doing like a show or something, you take the temperature of the room, you know, and it's like, Ooh, people are not feeling it, you know, and energy it's because of energy. It's like, if no one, like everyone has to be on board or it's not going to work or at least the majority are. And, and if some people want to make it a downer, then it's going to become a downer, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's also maybe human nature that we, um, we tend to focus on like the negative or like, you know, we can, we really can acknowledge when something feels negative, but I think the same can go with positive energy as well. Mm -hmm. I think that there are certainly places that you can go where you're like, oh, there's just a good vibe in this room. Years and years of just happiness have happened here. Absolutely. And uh, I believe that. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, well, you look at your, like, you know, who do you surround yourself with? Like when people say, uh, I don't want to go hang out with them. They're always downer. It's like, well, why do you keep hanging out with someone who's a downer? You know, because it's like that old saying, show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. And like, if you surround yourself with like energy of like, uh, I don't like just always complain. I I'm a positive person. I like to be around positive energy. And then when like, it's, I get around someone, if you, if it's a bad situation and you can help it, then it's like, Oh yeah, let's make it better. You know? But if it's a, a, mm-hmm. a constant, you know, dwelling and, and living in that dark pit of that, then that's all. Okay. Oh, I see you. You want to like live there. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you mm-hmm. want to live in that energy, then, you know, by all means do that. But I don't want to come and like get in that tar pit of like negative energy. (laughs) Well, wait, going back to negative energy, I'm still, I can't stop thinking about the demon that crawled on you in Santa Ana. Yeah. You believe that that was a demon? I I believe it was a demon and I don't know why, why would it be so detailed? And then part of me, again, is like, was I, I was always like a really, you know, a kid with a big imagination. Was it something that I imagined? But then there was so detailed and it was like the, the, the nightlight was on. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even justify by saying it was dark in the room, you know, like it was like, uh-huh. I couldn't even say that because it was well lit because again, I was a scaredy cat and I was just like, I, I, I saw it so detailed and a, a tail that swung. Like it was like, how, why, you know what I mean? You know what's so interesting is I I'm thinking of maybe three times now that I've heard of a haunted place in Santa Ana, California <gasps> that is like people believe to be a demonic or at least dark 
energy. Ooh, so is there something in Santa Ana, like is it a Anna. portal or something that that demons are like exiting and entering? I don't know. It could be. But also Santa Ana is very old, you know, like Santa Ana has a beautiful courthouse, but it is like, that is a, a courthouse built in like the late 1800s or something, you know, uh, it was mm-hmm. one of the first places to like have, you know, um, settlement and like establish like a city and like living and whatnot. So it does have a lot of history, like it was right next to the orange groves, you know, which was all farmland, but it, Santa Ana was one of like the up and coming cities back in the day. Well, that doesn't mean that there should be demons. No, it doesn't. But there must be some kind of something <laughs> in Santa Ana. Like that's what so weird. It really like now intrigues me that you said that because if this is the third time you've heard it's specifically a Santa Ana like demon story, then there's something there. Like there's definitely something where like is that the hub? Like is that where the demons go and hang out? Is that there was like- also an episode of Ghost Adventures where they went to a place that I also want to say is no longer there. I, I, I don't quote me on that, but it was called the the Yoast Theater. Oh, I yeah. want to say it's in the, yeah. the downtown. Um, they had some spooky stuff happening there. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that. Like Main Street in Santa Ana too. Like it is old Americana feel, you know, and it's just something about it just like creepy and like there's a lot of shit that went down, you know, back in the old days and and people took the law into their own hands and, you know, uh, but that mm-hmm. could be a lot of places. But now that I think about it, Santa Ana has probably some rooted like dark stuff that happened um, in the city and, and, you know, people try to erase bad memories and bad history all the time. Um, Cause you definitely mm-hmm. won't see it in the textbooks and won't be like, there won't be a parade well, yeah. of bad things that were done, you know, every year. Like they're not like, um, but yeah, that makes me think about what happened and what is, is it a hub? Maybe it's a hub. Maybe it's like a, a Maybe demon, it's a hub. like hub. <laughs> do you want to hear some ghost voices? Wait, do you, did you hear ghost voice right now? I probably should have warned you. We play a game where I I play ghost voices for my guests. Oh God! I no no I know that, but I thought you said, "Do I hear some ghost voices?" Like, oh, are you having a moment? Where you <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, I was like, "That's what you meant, not the game." <laughs> okay, it's time for EVPs or EV please. Do you know what an EVP is? Yes. Electronic voice phenomena. Okay, so it's when people, you know, capture what they believe to be the voice of a ghost. So I go to YouTube, I find ghost voices, and um, I want you to guess what you think the ghost is saying or, you know, what the ghost hunter thinks. Okay. So I have two of them. The first one on YouTube was posted by Planet Paranormal Investigations slash Bob Davis, and this took place at the world-famous haunted Queen Mary in Long Beach. Ooh. Have you ever been? Oh, several times. My sister loves it, that too. Do you think, have you had any, like, haunted experiences there? Um, no, not me personally, but I had a friend who used to work at the checkout desk, um, and then he did the night shift, so, like, he would be the one who goes to the rooms and, and slides the, the bill, you know, for the next morning checkout. Um, and he said that there was one room that he refused to go to because every time someone stayed there, even if they, they wouldn't make it to the night, that room would just never have anyone stay through the night. They always wake up and they say, I, I like another room, please. And so, but even if someone made it through the night, it was the one room he didn't want to go and leave the paper because every time he did, he'd be like bending down to do it and he could feel something behind him. 
and <laughs> turn around and it wouldn't be there. Eventually he had to quit his job there because he said that it was too much. And it was just that one room that always got to him, but the place was haunted. He said for sure it was haunted, but that one room was something that was not friendly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's known as one of the most haunted places in the world. And I've been there a couple of times. I've never had a haunted experience, but there's just so many stories that it's hard to deny it. Yeah. But okay, here, this was taken in the boiler room. And what do you hear this ghost saying? It's kind of a quick one. Well, that was quick. Let me hear it again. Can I hear it again? Okay, yeah. Help? Help. Okay. That's a good that's a good guess. Here's a couple of options. Is it A? Oh hey boo. B radio. C hello. Or D hell no. I'll play it again. Huh. I feel like it wants it wants to be something with the he- hello, hell with the H sound. Here I'll play it again. Hell no? You know, that's kind of what I hear, but they think it's radio because the guy that was doing the ghost hunting said something about how he wanted to put the ghost on the radio. And then he says that he thinks the ghost said radio. No, the ghost said, hell no, you're not putting me on the radio. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I didn't sign a release. (laughs) I didn't sign a release. (laughs) Wait, let me play it again. Hell no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That is a hell no. (laughs) I may be a ghost, but I still have my rights. (laughs) Am I getting residuals for this? (laughs) Okay. Let's do, maybe they're more of a podcaster than a radio person. (laughs) Um, Okay. Here's one more. And this time, okay. This place I didn't know much about, and I got really into researching about it's in San Juan Capistrano. I love that place. And Yes, it's called the Vintage Steakhouse. Have you ever been there? No. Okay, wait. Can I read you the story that I read about why it's haunted? Yes, please. It's it's kind of incredible story. Okay, this was posted by. Uh, okay, so if somebody we'll get back dies to because they ate too much steak, I'm gonna die. <laughs> No, but this is, we'll go back to the EVP later, but first I just want to read you what I read. Um, I just Googled this place, the Vintage Steakhouse, and it brought me to the Capistrano Dispatch, which I believe is a local newspaper. And this little article was posted by Jan Siegel, and she says, Ooh, did you feel that bump in the night? Ghost stories abound in San Juan Capistrano. The newest addition to our ghost lore comes from the vintage steakhouse. The fact that the restaurant sits in what was a uh, what, what was once a train compartment is a significant part of this tale. Some of the employees and guests of the vintage say that they have been haunted by the ghost of Modesta Avila. Modesta Avila lived in the Combs house next to the railroad tracks and now the Hummingbird Cafe from 1880 to 1890. According to local legend, she was upset when the railroad came to town because the noise of the trains kept her chickens from laying eggs. To let the railroad know that she was upset, she hung her laundry on the tracks as a sign of protest. (laughs) Modesta, a young Mexican girl, did not know that it was a federal offense to put anything over the railroad tracks. According to the facts, the station master advised her to take down the laundry before a train came, which she did. So there was never uh, so there really was no crime. 
However, it was 1889, the start of Orange County, and there was a new district attorney in the new county. He lost his first case, which he should have won, and was anxious to prove his power. So he filed the charges against Modesta. The first case ended in a hung jury, so uh, he was not content. So he filed against her again. This time, he indicated that this young, unmarried Mexican girl was pregnant, a definite no-no in 1890. The second time around, he got his conviction. Modesta was sent to San Quentin prison after two years, and she died in jail. There was never a baby. That's so sad. Okay, but so it says the story stopped being concerned. Sorry. History stopped being concerned with Modesta until now recently the patrons and employees of the vintage steakhouse have had several eerie episodes attributed to the ghost of modesta avila two women were in the restroom when one felt a startling bump she was so frightened she fainted the other woman felt the bump so strongly that she went back to her table and told her husband that she would wait for him outside she was never going inside the restaurant again employees have seen flickering lights a vision of a young girl in the wine cabinet creaky floors and light images on the walls an area in the dining car section of the restaurant has experienced cold drafts for no apparent reason okay what about that story? That's insane. Well, she's angry. Also, like, she just wanted her chickens to lay eggs. I know. Don't mess with the chickens. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, give her a fucking break. <laughs> I love that she was protesting. I know. And that was like, that's very, like, gutsy and ballsy, you know, like, to like, especially in that time. And like, yeah, I, I, I would have wanted to be her friend. <laughs> like, she sounds like she was a bad I know. Especially it going against like someone, with- it's like back in those days, he's a man, she's female. Like she was ballsy. Like she was like, "Fuck you," you know. I don't care. And like, yeah, and he was pulling some shady moves on her too, being Ooh. like, "Oh, she's pregnant and she's not married." Some See, bullshit. that's the energy I'm talking about. The Santa Ana and that whole like Orange County. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of sh- an injustice that happened. I'm sure left and right. You know the stuff that like. She was just minding her own business, trying to like have eggs and chickens, and like someone really just wanted to go at her and and got what he wanted, and then she died in prison. Like it's like, come on, you know? Yeah. I also want the movie rights to that. I know. <laughs> okay, well, so let's go back to the EVP. So OC Ghosts and Legends posted that they believe they caught her or a ghost saying something. What do you think this says? I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I don't hear anything. Don't hear but here we'll play it again. Do it again. All right, let me turn it up. Okay. Uh, I fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's some options because that was not the one that they thought they heard. Uh, A. I'm tired. How about you? B, I'm going to get you. C, I don't like the train. Or D, I'm not fucking with you. I'm going to get you. Honestly, no. They thought that it was, I don't like the train. Mm. I don't hear that at all. You know what's weird that now that after you said that that's what they heard, my mind goes to like, oh, I hear it now, you know, but only because that's in my brain. Like, it's like, what's that word? Like, it's well, actually- yeah, and, 
and they have this story probably in the back of their head right. too that she doesn't so, train. But trying to be what I found it, what I found interesting that they were saying when they caught this this ghost was that they wanted the train to go by because it's right next to the train, this restaurant, and they wanted to see if the energy from the train could get get something to happen um, because you know many people believe that ghosts feed off of you know electrical energy and uh, and they said that as soon as the train went by they heard that so I mean if this is that the spirit of that woman I could see her being like I don't like the train get that out of here that is true that's definitely yeah yeah now that I know that potentially it is that. Now I can't stop thinking that it's not that. Like, it's like, oh yeah, it's probably, yeah, that, that's exactly where it is. She is upset. Right. <laughs> right. I'm oh, still going to I, I should have really said it's like, where are my eggs or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Get off my eggs. Get off my eggs. <laughs> well, hey, Harvey, that's about it. Oh, This was so, so wonderful. You really brought it today with these stories and thank you so much. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. This was this was nice and it was good to get off my chest and we're going to find that portal. I know there's like a portal in Anaheim or Santa Ana. We're going to find it. What do you mean you're going to find it? What are you going to do with that? I'm going to go find it. I know now that you said that there's different people who said they've had demons and stories in that area. There has to be a reason. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. <laughs> you may never hear from me again. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Harvey, <sighs> you know, I have another episode next week. Can't wait for, like always, honestly. We are joined by Katrina Weidman, who will be returning for her second visit. You know Katrina because she hosts the TV show Portals to Hell, which is on the Travel Channel. She co-hosts with Jack Osborne, and she's had years and years and years of working in the paranormal field and especially paranormal television. And of course, she's got stories. She answers questions that you guys submitted and also questions that I've been wondering about ghosts and what's going on in these portals to hell. So luckily, Katrina will get to the bottom of some of that for us. So make sure you are subscribed. And also, please keep telling your friends about the show. I think it's something that is it's getting it's getting around Halloween time. I think a lot of people are looking for spooky things to listen to. So if you could tell your friends, that'll be great. Please rate the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have a ghost story, you can leave it in a five-star review. Or you could just say something nice about me in a five-star review. <laughs> We have our Facebook group, Ghosted, by Roz Dresvelez. I'm on Instagram at Roz Dresvelez. My dog, Rocky, is at Rocky the Diva on Instagram. And I'm also on Cameo at uh, Roz Dresvelez, Venmo, Queen Roz. God, so many places to find me. <sighs> I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.